Over the last two Sundays, we spoke about the the prayer of Solomon, the beginning uh, of it. Um, We we said that we um, pray to a a generous God, that we don't have to ask Him with many words, twisting His arm, uh, so to say. That He is the faithful God, that He is kind, that He showed His faithfulness in the life of David, and uh, also giving David a son. And that's why we can pray, because God is faithful. Now, if we sometimes listen uh, to our own prayers and prayers of others, it sounds like God is not generous. Sometimes we even get the advice that we should use specific names of the Lord for specific needs. And if we do that, God will answer. I think this is a misunderstanding of what prayer really is. Jesus said that when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Our Father is is an understanding Father. He understands our needs. He knows what is good for us. And we will not convince Him to do certain things that He doesn't want to do, and that's not good for us. The privilege of prayer is given to all of us. And in this prayer again, We read, ask for whatever you want me to give you. This is a repetition of what we hear in the Bible over and over. That we can approach the Lord with our deepest joys, with our deepest desires, with our deepest needs. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, after he taught people the prayer of the Lord. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Hallesby in his book on prayer, said, I think that God expects us to take advantage of every opportunity to receive the supernatural gifts of God through prayer. He says that prayer is like the power station of a congregation. And many times a power station like our church is hidden in a valley. But when it's out of order... Everybody knows about it. Prayer is the acknowledgement that God cares for us and carries us. And when we do not pray, these power outages come in our lives. We can see when there are power cuts in the lives of people. But does it mean that that 
this invitation to pray is just a blank check from the bank of abundance. Does it mean that God will give us whatever we want? Is this what prayer is about? I don't think so. You may wonder whether it's worthwhile listening for the rest of this sermon. Is prayer not the only way in which we get what we want? Yes, in some sense it's true. Prayer gives strength. It is tapping into the source where we receive whatever is need, needed. But it's not a blank check on which you can fill in whatever you want. So what is prayer then? What is it to be plugged into the power source of God? From this prayer of Solomon, we learn that prayer is two things. The first is prayer is a confession of total dependence. Listen to what he is saying. He says, look at my job. Look at the task that I have. Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. This is not a normal succession. David was not just another king. David was the king of kings. And when the prophet Isaiah has a vision of someone that will come, that we would call wonderful counselor, Jesus, that we say is the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9. He says that he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. It's not a normal succession. This is a massive task to sit on the throne of David. But he also says, this is not just a management of a few members of a management team or a congregation. It was a countless people. It was God's people. Who can do this task? Who can govern this great people of yours? God's people. Look at my job. Lord, I'm totally dependent. But Lord, when I look at my job, I also see myself. He says, look at me. He says, I'm only a little child. In the Hebrew, na'ar katun, a small boy. I don't know how to do this. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the experience. This is what we normally say when we appoint someone. We want someone with experience, someone with a big, good background, someone with the right qualifications. Solomon says, I know nothing. I don't know how to do this job. I'm just a small boy. Look at me. Paul also struggled with this 
a feeling of, I can't get it right. He had a thorn in his flesh, he said. A messenger from Satan. Satan, he said, tormented him with his disability. He saw this as initially as, a, as an obstacle in the task that he has in God's service. And he prayed over and over and over and said, Lord, please take this away from me. And the Lord's answer was very clear every time. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, when we recognize that God called us to the place where we are at the moment, the job that we have, the family that we have, the community where we live, we have to look at ourselves and say, can we do this? Can we really do it? It's good to recognize we cannot. That our strength is limited, but that there is one who can empower us to do it for his sake. The power failures in our lives come when we try to do it in our own way and on our own. You know that Abram and Sarah would be one of the best examples of people who tried to do it on their own. When the promises of God didn't work out, they followed their own way. Several times, Abram lied. He lied about his wife and said, this is not my wife, it's my sister. Why? Because he thought that he's losing control. He wanted to control his future. Therefore, he had a baby with the slave, with the approval of his wife. And in Genesis 18, God visited him with three people. And Sarah laughed when she heard that she would have a child the next year. At my age, with my husband's age, don't be ridiculous. And then they are faced with the most important question that anybody can answer. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Of course, you can respond in different ways to this question, by yes or by no, but it will determine how you live. If you say, yes, there is something too hard for the Lord, then we close the door to the future. We accept our inability, our weaknesses as a fact. We do not accept that the Lord is absolutely free to do through us and in us what we cannot do. If we answer no to the question, we see how God's power comes into our lives. When we recognize the freedom of God 
He surprises us. Instead of a closed world in which we live, with completed facts, we see how God shows his power in our weaknesses. So this prayer invites us, Solomon's prayer, to acknowledge our brokenness and our weakness and our inexperience, our youth, our fears. When we see this, we confess that we can only depend on God. Prayer is a total dependence upon God. A recognizing that we are nothing. Thomas Merton writes, Sometimes prayer, meditation, and contemplation are death. A kind of descent into our own nothingness. A recognition of Helplessness, frustration, infidelity, confusion, ignorance. Prayer is to say, Lord, I have nothing. I'm just a young boy. I don't know how to do this. Therefore, Phillips Brooks says, do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Secondly, prayer is the total submission to God's will. It's very tempting when we get this invitation, ask and I will give to you to make a good number of lists what God can give us. But listen to Solomon's prayer. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. What a prayer. What a prayer. Unfortunately, again, the translation is not completely right. The Hebrew phrase is different. The Hebrew phrase says, give your servant a hearing heart. A heart that listens. What does that mean? Give me obedience. That's what it means. Yak J. Rebel, he's a Dutch minister, wrote that for a person to be God's person for a specific task, to fulfill our task as a minister in politics, minister in the church, a mother, a queen, a personnel officer, a nurse, or a journalist. We do not need status or intellectual knowledge, skill or power in the first place, but a listening heart. Lord, give me a hearing heart. This is the total prayer of Solomon. The previous things that he said was to say that God is faithful, God is kind. But this is the request. This is all he wants. Give me a hearing heart. Let me want to obey you. 
See, human wisdom is always flawed. The true wisdom comes when people bow to the will of God. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Wisdom is obedience and obedience is wisdom the greek philosopher socrates said humility is the basic element of wisdom a professor of psychiatry thomas zuss writes every act of conscious learning requires the willingness to suffer an injury to one's own self-esteem it means to say, not me, you. The key to the door of wisdom is to sit at the feet of God, to have your, your ear close to his mouth. That's where wisdom starts. What does this prayer bring to mind today when you listen to this? Give me a hearing heart. It brings to mind the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane. Jesus is facing the greatest crisis of his life. Sweat runs like drops of blood from him. He's anxious. He pleads that the cup will pass him. Yet he has only one desire. Not my will, your will. When Jesus spoke to his followers, he urged them to take up the cross and to follow him. Taking up the cross is a symbol of self-sacrifice. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us. Your name be hallowed. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In essence, this prayer of Solomon is a prayer of our Calvary. It is us sacrificing ourselves in the service of God's kingdom, His name and His will. So is this a blank check? Never. It's rather a wonderful opportunity to stand before God, the generous God, and to totally surrender your will to His will. Walter Brueggemann says that we must make a clear distinction between what is possible and what is promised. Of course, everything is possible for God. But does it mean that God wants to give everything we ask? No. In Jesus' own suffering, we see it. 
when Jesus is praying in Gethsemane, he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Everything is possible, of course. But one thing is impossible, to take this cup away. Because that is not part of God's purposes for the life of Jesus. Everything is possible, but not everything is God's will. Prayer is not the fulfillment of our personal wishes. Prayer is submitting to God's purposes. And therefore, when we submit to God's purposes, we receive from the generous God what is good and right for us and for His kingdom and for, for His will. Where He leads us then, we will follow, even if the road is full of obstacles and hardships. Can you pray this prayer? Lord, give me just one thing in my life. A hearing heart. An obedient heart. You will look after the rest. That's what Jesus says. Seek first the kingdom of God. And the rest, God looks after. Maybe this is very scary for you. I want to tell you a story. It's an astonishing story. Several years ago, it appeared in, the, in an article in the National Geographic magazine. There was a forest fire in the Yellowstone National Park. And the rangers went up the mountain to assess the damage. A ranger found a bird under a tree trunk, entirely burnt and covered with ash. The bird's wings were spread out. It was horrible to see. Then the ranger took a stick and pushed the bird aside, and something extraordinary happened. Three chicks ran from under the dead mother. The mother was clearly aware of the impending danger, and she led her brood to the base of this specific tree and covered them with her wings. So they could take, take out and go out in safely, safety. She wouldn't abandon her chicks. The mother gave her life so that the chicks could love. What a wonderful example, reminding us of the God that we worship. It doesn't matter what happens in life. He is there to cover us with the wings of his faithfulness. This is what the psalmist says, he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Doesn't matter what happens. If your heart is connected to your Father, to his will, 
He covers you with His feathers so that you can go free. Jesus sacrificed Himself to show us the faithfulness of God so that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Apparently Adolf Hitler at some stage said trust is good but control is better. Solomon said the opposite. I trust God to control my life. You see, life is full of challenges and crises and emergencies. We need strength and power to deal with it. But the central power supply is from the faithful God. We can pray to God because God is faithful. And we should pray because we cannot manage life on our own. But then I surrender to him. Then I say, Lord, I cannot manage, but you can. Give me a hearing, obedient heart in tune with your will, with your purposes. Then I ask a few questions. Is what I ask of the Lord according to his purpose for my life? I want to know God's will, but... Is what I ask according to his will for my life. Do my requests serve the Lord and his kingdom, his will? How can my wishes be in the service of God's work? That's what I ask. That's the primary inclination of my heart. I surrender control to him. Let's bow together in prayer. O oh Lord, I'm burning to do your will, but I do not. I sometimes opt for convenience, security and certainty. Many times I say I will follow you, but I have my own conditions. Forgive my hypocrisy when I say I will follow you where you lead me. Forgive the power outages in my life because I want to make it on my own, follow my own ideas and pursue my own dreams because I want to be realistic. I don't want to live in faith. Spirit of grace, teach me to say like Jesus, not my will, but your will. Teach me to understand that nothing is too hard for you, that nothing is impossible for you, but also that nothing can frustrate the purpose you have with me. Teach me to so trust your unconditional love for me that I will follow you without any conditions. 
Give me a hearing heart. Because it is safer to be in your will than to have all the properties of the world. Have millions in the bank but outside your will. Spirit who guides and teaches, empower me to trust you blindly. Lead me on the right path. Teach me to walk the crossroads of faith without earthly certainties, independence and commitment and hope because you care. Make my comfort zones uncomfortable. Teach me the leap of faith. Make me an instrument of comfort, service and hope so that your name will be honored above all other names. Your kingdom will be recognized in all areas of my life. And your will will be the highest goal of my life and the life of every other human being. In Jesus' name. Amen.